0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What changed Hugh Freeze's approach of getting a quarterback in the transfer portal? You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every Friday as we are dapping it up on this Friday with Montgomery Radio Legend Daryl Daprich. Later in the show, we are joined by Gunner Britton, former Auburn offensive lineman. It's very sad to say former. Uh, with Gunnar Britton, he will be missed. But outstanding interview. Be sure to stay tuned for that later in the show. Daryl, there was a major pivot as far as Auburn's conversation about quarterbacks in the transfer portal. It wasn't just us. It was, uh, it was the Auburn beat riders It was the Auburn fans. It was the Auburn players, to some extent, that said, okay, we're riding into 2024 with the guys that we've got. With Peyton Thorne, with Holden Gurner, with Hank Brown, and with Walker White. Then this week, all reports seem to be that Auburn is calling all sorts of quarterbacks in the portal. Was it really the bowl game, the poor performance in the bowl game that sparked this, or is it something bigger? I think
0: it's something bigger. I think that there's a deeper – that's just a symptom. The bowl game is just, in my opinion, a symptom of a bigger problem. So what happens is you kind of have wishful thinking if you're the coaching staff and say – I'm going to build the the talent around Peyton Thorn, getting better receivers. You know, if we got to do any kind of patchwork around the offensive line, and then hope, and then it's that wishful thinking, and then reality sets in. Maybe when you actually watch what happens in the bowl game, and then you have to get to the point where you say, are there any outside influences saying, hey, something needs to be done? Is there a is there a maybe a belief that maybe Hugh Freeze was so upset? with the way the season ended with the three straight losses, that maybe riding or dying with Peyton Thorne, you show improvement, but you don't make the leap that maybe the fans are demanding and expecting now to go from six wins to nine wins. You better have a quarterback that can get it done, and not just a solid dude, a dude that can win games for you and make plays.
1: I think there's almost more pressure, Daryl, on the quarterback in 2024 because of Cam Coleman and because of Perry Thompson, and we'll see if Ryan Williams joins this crew or not, but obviously Malcolm Simmons and Bryce Kane, there's more pressure, I think, on this quarterback because you have to use these guys. Like Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson and Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons, they got to get the football. They got to get the football early in their career. I think there's a bigger issue at play here. And to me, it's just interesting because some people you'll talk to, either on the team or coaching the team or you know within the football program, well, look me dead in the eye and say, Zach, like Payton's a good quarterback. He just needs a little more help. He's a good quarterback. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see that. We saw him do it at Michigan State when he had guys. Like, that makes sense. And then there's other folks that are like, no, we, we need to go and get other folks. And these are really connected people or people even involved with the situation. And it's just, there isn't a plan. There isn't a plan at quarterback. And when there's not a clear guy at quarterback, it doesn't look good. That's just the way it is. That's the way that position happens. It's too vital, both on the field and off the field, from a leadership point of view, from a playmaking point of view. Everybody's got to get on page with the quarterback, and Auburn's not there with Peyton Thorne right now.
0: There's so many aspects of this that is so confusing and really contradictory. Let me give you an example. You know, I've heard from reliable sources that the freeze four – And especially Thompson and Coleman and Ryan Williams, who hasn't committed or signed, were told, I'll get you a quarterback. You know, sign with Auburn and we'll get you a quarterback. I've heard that. I don't know how legitimate that is. Then I've heard the other side that says Peyton, that they signed knowing Peyton Thorne would be the guy next year, but that the coaching staff said, hey, we've got guys like you around him when he's had weapons like y'all. Look how good he's done. And, oh, by the way, Zach, we have a proof of concept that Peyton Thorne plays better when Hugh Freeze calls the plays. I mean, that's indisputable. It, he looks so – much the Arkansas game, I keep going back to the Peyton Thorne that trucked that dude at the three-yard line and looked back at him in the end zone. That's the Peyton Thorne I want. Yeah, I think he's a leader. I don't doubt his leadership skills at all. What he did against Alabama, the beating he freaking took, To get three yards five yards the dude can lead I think you freeze calling plays makes him better so is that what was sold that bill of goods to the recruiting class or was it we're going to get you another quarterback the flip-flopping on this tells me that something happened from a perception standpoint that maybe it was like smoke and mirrors let's hope and wish it can happen and then reality set in and said no we got to go a different direction don't know why But, man, did it change and change quickly.
1: It it did. It pivoted very quickly. And let me just put a tinfoil hat on for a second. What do you need in today's college football to go out and get a quarterback via the portal? Well, you need NIL money. You need money. You need money. And so I wonder if some big booster stepped up and said, hey, freeze, I've got you. Or I'll take care of some of this. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, where was this two weeks ago? Maybe – Maybe some rich donor watched the bowl game and said, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to step up, call Brett Whitesided on to victory and said, let's, let's see what we can do here. Um, I, I'm curious if that was part of it. We, we will we'll never know, but the timing, the timing makes sense because I just don't believe that a coaching staff is going to be too motivated because of the outcome of a bowl game. I just, I just have a hard time buying that. But a big donor or a big fan with with, with some um, some assets and resources, they might.
0: Well, let's look at it this way: there was an overreaction and overcorrection to Peyton Thorn by this coaching staff and some of the money guys with the way Peyton Thorn played against Alabama. To sure. the positive, I felt like that was like, let's pump the brakes. This is the same cat that played the way against he did against New Mexico State. So that overcorrection and that overreaction was to the good. Then you drop an egg in the bowl game and they overcorrect the other way. That's why the continuity and consistency needs to just happen where you start putting things in play, play calling, who's doing it. Who's the receivers that we're going to go out and get maybe one more to to help be, you know, electric another tackle. Look, I, I don't know how the budgets work with NIL. So, so, Bear with me on this. I don't know if there's a pool of money that's set aside for recruiting, and then there's a different pool of money that's set aside for the transfer portal, or if it's all one big pool, one big pie to collect from. Because my concern is – I think it varies from year to
1: year, Daryl. I think it varies from year to year.
0: And it does. And and my concern is some dudes never even are making it on campus. Mm -hmm. Is there a quarterback that never even made it on campus that was going to take a visit because somebody dropped a bag before Auburn could have? I don't know. That's the concerning part. You can't even get these kids on campus before people are promising things to cancel visits. So that seems to have adjusted. Um, it's too quiet. It's too quiet right now. Something's going on behind the scenes because it is on lockdown right now.
1: Yeah. Folks that normally answer my calls aren't and folks that, uh, normally have a lot of information, uh, they're not getting calls either. So I, I'm going
0: I'll just tell you, there's somebody that I really, really respect. It's a former player that's very connected in, in as far as uh, things that go on with am Not just a fan or a booster. And I called him and he just texted, or I texted him, he just texted back and said, I can't talk about it. I yeah. mean, I, you know, there's nothing to say. I can't. So there's something going on behind the scenes that I think the next 40, 48 hours over the weekend, Monday will be crucial. But I just- there, I can't wrap my head around it. I'm trying to logistically figure out what could have changed, and I think I'm with you. You can't overreact that much of a bowl game unless you're a fan, or unless you got fan. money coming in. Unless, unless you, you got all money, a you've
1: yep. got five hundred k more than you did a week ago. Yep. All of a sudden, that that changes the calculus and the equation for all of this because you got to fill those scholarships. They've got to fill these scholarships in the next week, Daryl. You don't want to go into spring with down guys, so. Excited to see what exactly that looks like. It could be a very eventful weekend. It could not. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of visits, uh, Auburn has a guy on campus right now. We, he arrived on Thursday on an official visit. He'll be here throughout the day today as well. I'm really high on him, and I think he's a guy that could push for a starting job uh, in his first year here. So we'll discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is the uh, the official sports book of the NFL. And of course, locked on Podcast Network. And the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets. All you have to do is bet five dollars. Are you kidding me? It doesn't even matter if you win or lose. That's uh, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. And of course, you can bet on the national championship game um, with, I had it right here. I had it right here. Four and a half point favorite, Michigan against Washington, of course, and the Natty. So uh, get involved in the action. I know you'll be watching that game anyway, so make it more interesting. Visit fanduelcom slash Locked On to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Carol Dapbridge, our guest, as we are dapping it up on this Friday, West Virginia, pass rusher, defensive lineman, His name is Tomiwa Duro G.A. I think that's how you pronounce it. Tomiwa Duro G.A. He spent some time at Kentucky, and then he transferred to West Virginia. And I really, really like this kid. He's got three years left of eligibility. He's here today, uh, yesterday and today on an official visit. And a a defensive lineman, 6'4", 278, and he can rush the passer at a decent level, and he's got a ton of reps and a ton of experience, Daryl. And I think this is a guy that, even if he doesn't start for Auburn, the defensive line room and the pass rushing situation gets a little bit better. To
0: me, it's the number one need. I know we talked about quarterback, but you know, going into probably last week for the bowl game, I felt like defensive line was the most pressing. Yes. Urgent need to get addressed, and this is a guy that Neil Brown at West Virginia was very high on, and is extremely upset that went into the portal. Hates to lose him. Um, it's it's rare that you get a guy that size that is that elite that apparently can, can stop the run and rush the passer. He's he'd be a perfect bookend for Falk, and I think that that would be a nice little combination. Um, I will call him TD from here on forward if he signs with Auburn, just to simplify things. Uh, but yeah, I think there's, having him on campus by all means, you know, since yesterday, visit's going well, and uh, I think to me, a definite need would be filled if Auburn could ink his signature.
1: His bio on his former Kentucky um, page uh, says his nickname is Big Tommy.
0: Well, see, I like that, and I can remember that Big Tommy. Yeah, Tomy. Big yeah Tomy. I like that. Yeah. Big Tommy's a sweet nickname.
1: Yeah. yeah. Tommy Wander, G A. but yeah, he lined up in different spots on the defensive front at West Virginia this past year, both inside and outside. Wow. And, the versatility
0: is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is, which is, I think what Auburn needs. You need guys that you can feel comfortable putting at the three technique as well as defensive end and possibly Jack. I don't think he's that type player. I think he's a little too big for that, but I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, but I love this. I mean, he had five sacks, according to PFF, a year ago. Uh, three quarterback hits, six hurries, and he had, a, he had a batted ball as well. So, I mean, he's a guy that I think you have to respect as a pass rusher. He's not Marcus Harris. He's not what you're losing than Marcus Harris or Elijah McAllister. But I do think he can offer depth and be a backup at possibly two positions. And you take that, you take that in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, because you've got to build depth, and you've got, to, you know, you obviously you have and he has three
1: years left of eligibility. If I we're love that. Three. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I huge. I love that.
0: that. you you get guys like that in the portal that have already had experience, but also have two plus years to play. That's hitting the golden ticket right there. So I I, I hope that by the next time you record a show on Monday that he's already committed and signed with Auburn.
1: Yeah, drop the bag. I think this guy's. I think this guy's guy worth it. I really, really do. And it's such a good fit. I mean, he's exactly what Auburn needs, I think, at that level. And um, for what it's worth, his best game of the season was uh, against Oklahoma this past year. And that's, that's obviously going to be one of the bigger, uh, more important games on Auburn's schedule uh, this upcoming season. So worth, yeah, uh, worth the noting reality.
0: there. Yeah, yeah. coming to jordan Air.
1: Daryl, before we jump into the conversation with Gunnar Britton, which I think is very insightful and very interesting. And some of the things he says about Connor Liu um, will make you feel a certain way, uh, just to put it lightly. But I think, uh, I I, I want your thoughts on just the transfer portal situation in general. There were were a handful of guys that were reported that visited earlier this week. Um, What positions outside of defensive line are you saying, okay, Auburn, you have to find someone here?
0: Offensive line, Uh, I'd like to get another interior offensive lineman, a guard, and then one more tackle. I personally think Auburn needs one more outside receiver. Again, I know Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman and perhaps Ryan Williams, but again, do you you put all your eggs in the freshman basket? They will play, and they will contribute, but you're just talking about how much. Um, But, uh, you know, and then I definitely think Auburn needs a safety. Um, Yeah safety is a you know a position of need especially with it looks like you know moving on past AJ Harris I mean we haven't seen
1: we haven't seen them pursuing a lot of safeties via the portal and originally we thought that was because I was part of the recruiting pitch for KJ Bolden right and we haven't really seen an uptick in safety offers at least that are public and have been reported but Safety is an interesting spot. I, I don't know if it's because they really like Sylvester Smith or some other um, up-and-coming player because they've got talent at that spot. It's just it's a lot of inexperience, and that's going to kind of be a theme I think throughout this roster in 2024. But we haven't really seen them pursuing a whole lot of safeties.
0: No, that's that's a little bit surprising to me. I mean, you know, you sign Laquan Robinson; he's going to come in, I think, and immediately play. Uh, is Donovan Kaufman moving back to a traditional safety position instead of a star or whatever? Uh, if that happens, you've got two guys right there that have experience. And then Sylvester Smith, people were high on him the way he played the bowl game. I'd still get I'd, I'd get one more. I mean, you better have three or four that have some experience to rotate. So, you know, Auburn, I felt like the secondary last year was one of its greatest strengths. And right now it could be it's question I'm I'm happy with Lee. And Scott, but is Scott that true outside corner that I I thought he was, but then the ball game, you know, looked like he wasn't. Does he need to move back inside and go get a corner? Of course, there is a corner from Toledo that was on campus this week. Yeah, Uh,
1: Delancey, Delancey. Yes, and then the
0: UAB kid as well that Auburn offered. So there was two on campus this week that Auburn offered. Both guys are really good, PFF grades. You get one of those two, you're back in business.
1: I think so. I mean, this roster's close. This roster's close. Depending on what you think about the quarterback situation, and we may know more about that um, by the time Monday's show drops. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And depending on what it is, we'll uh, we'll go. We'll record a show immediately after the news breaks. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll be right. Uh, Daryl, before uh, before we throw it to Gunner Britain, how uh, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Check me out on X, DAP6410.
0: Check us out tomorrow after the Arkansas-Auburn game as we go live with the basketball postcast.
1: Yes, that'll be fun. That'll be a blast, and hopefully Auburn takes it to the pigs. All right, Gunnar Britton joins us in a second. He talks about Connor Liu in a way that will get you very, very excited. Same with Dylan Wade. Same with several young players that are on the rise on Auburn's roster. That's coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best place to buy all of your tickets. It doesn't matter if it's for sports, arts, theater, concerts, whatever it may be, Game Time has you covered. Because, look, you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets for your next big event. It should be fun. It should be an enjoyable experience. And Game Time takes the the hassle out of all of it. You don't have to go to different sites and compare prices. Game Time has uh done that for you and look they've uh they're already like so into this they've, they've got a guarantee right now where if you um with the game time guarantee if you find the best price or a better price elsewhere they will uh they'll credit you 110 percent of the difference that's how confident they are that they've got the best price on their app so be sure to check that out as well. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON, all one word, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joining us now here on Locked On Auburn, special guest, uh, Auburn offensive lineman, our guest former Auburn offensive lineman, <laughs> Gunner Britton. Gunner, this, uh this dropping on the 5th. It's a year. It's the anniversary of you publicly uh, announcing that you're going to transfer from Western Kentucky to Auburn. Uh, I'm sure it feels like a lot has happened this past year.
2: Absolutely. It's been been a wild year. I was actually looking through some of my Snapchat memories was popping up, and it was like me on the field and stuff from today. And just kind of, you know, crazy what all can happen in one year's time. And that's what it's, you know, it's something special. And I was glad I came here, so.
1: This was Hugh Freeze's first transfer class. You were a part of it. And it was a very large transfer class, and all of you guys, almost all of you guys, made an impact on this mm-hmm. uh, this past season. What What was it about this staff that made you believe that? Okay, this is what they can do for me uh, if I come to Auburn next year.
2: Um, I think it was a lot of like just relationship stuff. You know, I'd been in contact for a while with them, and and they just really made me feel like one of their own, and it was – I could tell it was a family environment from the time I basically started talking to them. So, for me, you know, I had a couple other schools I was looking at, but it was just the – I felt the most comfortable with it. And, you know, for me, my last year, I wanted to play at a big school. I wanted to go experience and have, you know, 12 games at a place like Auburn. And that's what – you know, especially playing here the year before, kind of knowing what a home game's like, It for me, it wasn't too hard of a decision and stuff.
1: And then when I came on
2: campus, it was just – you know, it just made sense.
1: Before you decided on Auburn, I assume you talked a lot with Coach Thornton, Auburn's offensive mm-hmm. line coach. Everybody I talked to about this guy talks about how good he is at forming relationships and how savvy mm-hmm. he is and and how he's a rising star in this business. What, what, what are your thoughts on Coach Thornton?
2: He's one of the smartest dudes I've ever been around. I had the pleasure. I had a really good offensive line coach my first year at Western Kentucky. That was – he was – bounced all over from like Wisconsin to um, Oregon state, to Utah state, and he had been a lot of different places and he's very similar to him. The difference is this guy was 50 when he was coaching me and coach Lord 30 years old. You know, for me, I think (laughs) he's wise beyond his years is a good way to put it. And he's kind of, he's got that where he's still old enough to be a coach. Like he's, you know, he's a coach figure, but he's also young enough to kind of understand what we're going through is how I'd say it. Like even some of the guys like, Connor Lou's five years younger than me and Coach Sorton seven years older than me. So it's like he's still kind of fresh into it, but he is just, he's unreal. He's one of the smartest dudes I've ever been around. Um, he's helped grow my game beyond what I thought I could ever do. So
1: So is it is it like the the details? Is it the technique that he coaches you on? Is it what what do you need to look at when this front is in mm-hmm. front of you? What exactly is it that he's, you know, that makes him so good at his job?
2: I mean, he's very detail-oriented. He has an answer for everything, which is something that's really – I've never been around where everything they could give us, there's an answer to it. And I think that's something that's really good. I think he's really big on the why of why we're doing it. Like, how, what, why? Like, why are we doing it? How are we going to do it? Like, it—it for me, it helps understanding the entire play. And that even goes Mm -hmm. to me being able to play all the positions. It's because – I'm someone I have to learn all of it to understand what I'm doing and what my part is and I think he does a really good job of breaking it down where everybody can understand, you know, different things about what the running backs going to do on this play, what our jobs to do and for me it makes it easier to block. So, yeah. I mean, he he breaks it down to a really good level that we can all understand it and stuff and I think I mean, he's just super smart.
1: Who asks the most questions in the in the offensive line room? <sighs>
2: I mean, honest. I ask a bunch of questions. I ask him even when sure. I go to his office, I ask him a bunch of questions. Um, yeah. Connor Lou I ask him a bunch of questions. Um, there's a couple guys that just, I mean, you know, Tate Johnson's one that comes to mind that just kind of, you know, want to expand on what we know and like why we're doing it this way, you know, or like why are we running this play to a certain front? What makes it better? Stuff like that that, you know, he just always has answers to and it makes it really easy and it makes it good for the whole group that he can do that and it helps all of us. So,
1: yeah. So, you see Lou um a lot you lined up next to him a lot this past season. How special can he be as a player? Everybody that talks about Connor Lou they just gush about how impressive he was as a true freshman um
2: yeah, I mean, he could be the best center in college football next year, and that's you know like he's. Wow. I've been around a long time in college football and I've seen a lot of impressive guys. And I mean, even some of the freshmen they brought in this year, and even like Keldrick Falk and them are going to be really special players. But offensive line's a position that you don't see many guys step in as a true freshman and play. Like you just, you know, you just don't see it. And for him, I felt like we didn't really skip a beat. I felt like he was, you know, the first time I met him, I could tell the kid was different. He has a maturity about him that most 18 year old kids don't have. Yeah, And you could just tell with the way he attacked everything he did that he was going to be a really good player. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what I think he's going to build on it. And he's one of those kids that he's only going to get better as Tom helps him. So I'm excited to watch him in the next, you know, two, three years and see what he ends up being.
1: Sure. So the transition from Western Kentucky to, to Auburn, I mean, you said you wanted to go to a bigger school, and obviously the mm-hmm. SEC is the best competition you can get at the college level. What did you learn this past year at Auburn that you maybe wouldn't have been able to learn at Western Kentucky?
2: Um, I think a lot of it for me was more of just showcasing that I could play against anybody. And that was something even for myself that I wanted to prove to myself over proving it to everybody else. And that was something, you know, like I tell people, like I watched the dude who won the Heisman this year. Like I played on the same field as him. I played Georgia. I played Alabama. You know, I played some big schools. Um, so, for me, it was just proving that I can do it myself, um, you know, against the best of college football. And that's, you know, anybody's pursuit. And anything you do is you want to be the best at it. So, for me, you know, it's the old saying, you, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And for me, you know, I just wanted an opportunity to play those guys. Sure.
1: Yeah. You have a favorite uh, favorite Auburn moment from this past year? <sighs>
2: I mean, honestly, the first game, I know it's kind of crazy. The first game was really special for me because it was, you know, being a like I was a two-star recruit out of high school. I didn't really, you know, I spent five years playing in front of, you know, and I love Western Kentucky to death. But Mm -hmm. we had, I think the highest crowd we ever had played against at home was 30,000. So to walk in and see, it was like 88,600 people. And, you know, even like Tiger Walk and just seeing all these people that, you know, for me, I thought was special. As most people don't know, offensive linemen. But I had people come up to me on Tiger Walk and know exactly who I am. I even had somebody stop me when I was a Nashville for the Bowl game and just be like like they were telling me how they were from South Carolina, and I was like, "I guess you guys know who I am and they're like, "Oh yeah, like we know exactly who you are like stuff like that that you can tell that just Auburn's a little bit different than everywhere else so That was kind of my first one, you know. That was a big moment for me, and just being like, you know, for my first time in my life, I have all these people in my corner, you know, because I'm being on family and stuff, and my family's always been on my side. But to see everybody, you know, thousands of people behind me, it just it was really special for me.
1: I think that's something, and I've been an Auburn, you know, an Auburn person for the vast majority of my life, Gunner. But I do think Jordan Hare Stadium is something that that I probably take for granted from time Mm -hmm. to time because. You no, know, my uh, I took my wife to to the fir- her first Iron Bowl this mm. year, and obviously that was an, a a crazy game. We won't talk about all of it, but just like the atmosphere itself was was tremendous. I mean, that's one of the mm. louder games that uh, that I've ever heard, and you know that that was. I mean, that was just an electric feel, and so many people are blown away by it when they see it for the first time. It's like, oh yeah, I guess this is special. I guess this no, is I mean, something that's, that's not that's everywhere. How it
2: is. I mean, it's... Yeah. Even our coach talked about um, – Coach Simmons was talking about the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry because that's another one of the top, like, three rivalries, and he would have some of his buddy come down and watch the Iron Bowl, and yeah. they're like, yeah, it it's not even close. The Iron Bowl's unreal. Like, it's never – it's nothing like it, and that's – you know, even this year with how the outcome was, I mean, that game just has so many memories around it. So, you know, it's it's definitely special. Right, right.
1: So what's your process now? What are you working on as far as getting ready for the NFL?
2: Pretty much trying to be the best player I can be in the next four months. Um, you know, do well in these All Star games and stuff. Do my draft pra- training and stuff, and do well in Pro Day. Do all the interviews and stuff, and just see how far I can take this journey. I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. We talked before we clicked record, but you, you're willing to do whatever, to, whether it's tackle or guard, and I mean, maybe center. Who knows? I'm sure you could do yeah. it. Th- does the fact that you've played multiple positions at a high level that's that's got to be able to help you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps me, um, you know, just show that I can do versatility because the way I look at it is a lot of guys can probably say that they can play all the positions, but with me, in my case, you know, I have games at every one of them, like I have over 600 snaps at three different positions across the offensive line. Like, you know, there's no like, well, maybe you can, maybe you can't, like you can go turn on the tape and watch me do it all. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think really helps me. Um, you know, for me, it's just, I'm a team guy, whatever a team needs me to do to be the best, you know, they can be, that's what I'll do, whether it be playing tackle guard center, you know, and that's kind of what I've always taken. And it's even was my role here, you know, for our team to be as successful as we can, they needed me to play guard and that's what I had to do this year. So
1: was that discussed at all during spring? Cause if I remember correctly, at least all the media windows that we were able to see, you were always at right tackle. And then, kind of some chatter came out and then they moved you to guard in in the fall. Was that discussed at all in the spring or was that kind of a development that happened later?
2: It was one of those things kind of in fall camp, you know, everything was playing out and they were like, because I even took some snaps at center during one of the practices just to see, you know, we're like, well, we need a guy that can play multiple positions and, you know, they, for them to be able to trust me to do it and stuff and have faith in me to be able to do it after, you know, you bring a kid in to play tackle and he ends up playing guard for 13 games, you know, it shows some faith by the coaches and stuff. So it was just kind of one of those things that developed and, you know, I was able to run with it and, you know, go through the whole season as it. so.
1: Sure. Sure. The guy who did play at right tackle is Avion Miller. Um, a lot of folks that I talked to at least early on talked about how raw he was in spring and then in fall, Coach Freeze talked about how impressive he was and he couldn't keep him off the field. What have you seen from his development so far on the offensive line?
2: Oh, he's going to be another guy that's going to be really special. He, um very athletic, very long and lanky kid. I think he has all the size and stuff. Um, getting him in the weight room and being able to develop him with Dom is going to be crucial for him. I think it was great to be able to get that guy. You know, we played 13 games this year and he started all 13, I believe. Being able to get him reps like that, you know, it might have been a little bit earlier than some people wanted but i think it was it's going to be beneficial for him in the long haul so
1: yeah i mean you could see it he's got the the, the clay is there it just needs to be molded mm-hmm. exactly. uh, a little bit gunner who's a guy that auburn fans may not know yet maybe a younger guy that didn't play a whole lot this season or maybe one of these freshmen that came in that we had that maybe auburn fans don't know a whole lot about that could step up this upcoming season
2: I mean, I think a guy like Tyler Johnson comes to mind. Tyler's a very – he's very similar to Tuttall in the fact that he has all the intangibles to be a great offensive lineman. Um, I don't believe he played many – like, I don't think he played but a couple years in high school. He wasn't – you know, started out as like a basketball player, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So he's still, under, you know, developing his just football knowledge and stuff. I think he's someone who could step up. Um, I'm trying to think in our offensive line room. I really like Braden Joyner. The dude mm-hmm. from Auburn. I think he's gonna be a really good player as well. Um, one that I that kind of surprised me was in the bowl practices. Um, the linebacker, the Riddick guy. Um, I can't okay. blank it on his first name. The Marcus Riddick. Yeah. 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 Um, he was he's actually he's a pretty funny guy, and I think he's gonna be someone special. Like you can tell someone who can move east to west really, really fast. Um, you know, and Abe and I just kind of talked to him a little bit about. To me, he looks like an SEC linebacker, you know, from what I've played. And that's to be 18 years old and stepping on the field. And, you know, he was a guy who should still be in high school. Yeah. I think he's going to be someone special. Um, there's a couple guys. I mean, Keldrick Fox, another one, that he mm-hmm. has all the tools to be really, really good. Um, I think both the receivers we got coming in, I've talked to both of them. They're going to be really good. You, some guys just look the part, and they're kind of like that. Um You know, another one that's – he's getting into – I think this is his third year, Micah Riley. I think Micah Riley could be really special. Uh, He plays the game the right way, and that's something that, you know, we preach about in our offensive line room is playing the game the right way. I think he's someone who could really – you know, he plays the right way, and the football rewards people who play hard. Mm -hmm. I think he's good. Jeremiah Cobb's another one. Jeremiah Cobb's going to be really special too. Um. That's about it. I'm about to name just every freshman we just brought
1: in. Yeah, but. no, there's a lot of them. That's great. <laughs> yeah. you know, spe- speaking of bowl practices, though, Malik Blockton, I believe, practiced mm-hmm. with you all. I've heard nothing mm-hmm. but good things about him. Were mm-hmm. you paired up to block him at all uh, during those practices?
2: Well, thankfully, I didn't have to do too much during bowl practices. I did get to watch him. He's going to be he's strong. He's going to be able to you know, develop into a player that's going to play here. Um, I'm trying to think who else did bowl practices. There was a, the Bryce Kane, the receiver. was He made some really good catches in some of the one-on-one, seven-on-seven stuff. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, there's another D lineman that practiced with us that he's going to be pretty good, too.
1: Gunner, what about... Um, I'm hearing more and more about Sylvester Smith at safety. Mm-hmm. I know I know you, you don't interact with safeties a whole lot. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, uh, they're 10 or 15 yards away from you at yeah. the line of scrimmage, but I've heard good things about him, too. Mm-hmm.
2: No, I mean, I think he's a really good guy. I mean, most of my stuff with him has been like weight room interactions and stuff. Sure. I mean... Because that's the way I look at it. I mean, I couldn't tell if a safety. Is, I mean, to me, if the ball's not caught, the safety's doing what he could. He could be completely wrong, but, but no. I mean, I think a lot of guys in our building have faith in him and stuff, and I think he's going to be a really special player.
1: Yeah, Gunner, thank you for your time, man. I really, really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck with uh with getting ready for the NFL draft. No, absolutely, I appreciate it. Great stuff from Gunner Britton. Thank you so much to him for his time, and also thank you so much to Daryl Daprich for joining us as he does every single Friday. Join me and Daryl as we go live right after Auburn and Arkansas tomorrow. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Until then, you can read all my written work at AuburnDaily.com and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.